1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at espnau.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at espnau.com.
0: Hello everybody, welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Yes, another beautiful day. It is it's Actually gotten a little warmer over the last few days. I, for the for the first time in a couple of weeks, I mentioned this to Jason uh, just a few minutes ago, first time in a couple of weeks, had to actually turn the air conditioner on just to Ooh, cool down yeah. the upstairs a little last night. But I mean, that's the first time we've had to do anything, run any, you know, air or heat in a couple of weeks. So yeah, another gorgeous day. Welcome in Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the, uh, two four seven network as is usually the case here with us to get things started on Wednesday. JC, how you doing?
2: I'm good. You're right. It is nice. Uh gonna be a little warm again on Saturday. Uh, oh it is. And this is a,
0: a this is another mid-afternoon mid afternoon game. Mid
2: afternoon game mid mid eighties, potentially somewhere around in there. So it's gonna it's gonna feel a little warmer now that it's been cooler. But mm-hmm. thankfully the weather should be good. should be a nice day and uh see if we can uh see a little bit more firepower from two teams that are struggling offensively hey, at just, the moment. Just, this, two,
3: just two home games left after, after this one, right? Just just right. The go state in the, yeah, the ha, last ha, two. Ha, yeah, yeah,
2: having that away non-conference game really changes an entire schedule. It really does. I mean, you just think about it. It's like Auburn just had its second Power mm-hmm. 5 game at home, and you turn around and go, well, not many more of those left. Yeah, yeah well, let's see. I mean, in
0: Auburn's, uh, there's a chance. I mean, Auburn just has that one-night one conference game last week against Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean Alabama should be and it usually is that 2:30 kick which means the second half will be in darkness. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know those, those you know always those you know think about those Georgia and Alabama games where mm-hmm. you come out second half and it's the sun's kind of set and it becomes kind of a night game but yeah, no uh you know it's going to be uh you know definitely a little bit different not having those kind of have to look and see what that last that last weekend is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for right for the other matches and yeah, and see, I, and I think you know, Florida, Florida State will could could be that a could be. I mean, a huge game. No what's, that,
3: what's LSU doing that day? Is that a And M?
2: Uh, let's see. It should be. You I
3: think if LSU beats Alabama and they're in driver, and they're in the driver's seat, you the have SEC you West, have
2: right? Florida say that Florida. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one
0: and that could be a really big game again, Texas depending a- on what happens this
2: weekend. Texas A and
0: M at LSU, which could which could be for the West yeah. if A
3: and M if LSU were to beat Alabama, you yes.
2: Could have... And and Clemson's at South Carolina, so that's an SEC Clemson, game. Clemson South Carolina may not be South as Carol- exciting because no, you've got a couple of teams. <laughs> South
0: Carolina's two and five. Clemson's four and three. Now. It's
2: still an SEC game though. So right. you start talking that's about true. that. So you have. I think
0: I feel like that's a night
3: game. Georgia Georgia Tech
2: sure. is it would be an ABC 11 a.m. probably. Mm-hmm.
3: I would think Auburn's biggest competition for the 2:30 spot would be LSU a And M. If it, if CBS wanted so. to go that route, and if, if but you LSU said was but a, you said
0: Florida's hosting Florida State. Florida has Florida State. So that's State. an
2: that's an SEC and you, game, and 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 a CBS potential game to get. A playoff contender yeah, on true. TV if, if as well. If Florida
3: State's in the, if Florida State's, you know, in if, the top two, if they're top they're still three, that's, there, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, so yeah, they said there are a couple of interesting yeah. game, but I, I, I think it's either two thirty or night game. Yep. And so I, I agree. I think uh, Auburn fans would be fine if it was six. Feet. Well, you
3: know, the atmosphere's been top notch. We were talking about the Metallica thing and, and some of the stuff Auburn did this past Saturday night. I did think, and and this is sort of a way to pivot towards the performance on the field. Um, Saturday night was maybe the first time the fourth quarter felt like air was leaking out of the balloon at Jordan Hare stadium a little bit compared to some of those other games. I think it was the, the one, two punch at the end of the third quarter, the, uh, the, the, the failed trick play with Holden Gurner that, that ended that drive in Ole Miss territory. And then Ole Miss converting the third and two deep in their own territory, leading up to that touchdown. Last play of the third quarter is that touchdown. And, I mean, you had the same, you had the light show, you had the swag surf and all that, but it it did seem like uh, that, that, that the, you know, the energy was, uh, you know, that, that, that oil
0: was starting to leak Two out a Two touchdowns, obviously. I mean, for, yeah. for this offense, Jason... Uh, looks like a lot. Well, they made – it was just 20 – it was just one touchdown, I know, but, right? but I mean – but but then they scored – when they yeah. scored to make it to two yeah, touchdowns, uh, yeah. that's when – it was the,
2: about the seven-minute mark. Yeah. And then Auburn has the drive and goes down and throws an interception in the end zone. But, yeah, that, the seven-minute mark when it became a two-score game, mm-hmm. that's when it – that was when it you know, kind of started to, to do some of those things. But Third
3: quarter ended with the game trending in the wrong direction, and then yeah, Ole Miss yeah. continued that, I'd say, early in the, <clears> in the fourth quarter. Yeah, too.
2: but, yeah, no, it was a you know, fantastic atmosphere once again. Yeah. Um, Defensively, I, I thought they were back to playing really well. I thought they played really well against Ole Miss, and obviously there's there's a couple of plays. But Ole Miss makes big plays. They're they're a
0: team that is built for explosive plays. Here's what
2: they do on both sides of the ball, on both sides of the ball. That's what because they know they're not good enough just to line up and play defense. What they do is they want they want to create negative plays, and they did that several times, and it made a big difference in that game. You know, early on, you had a couple of negative plays, Bob, and there were a couple of those plays that that kind of. Got you started a little stagnant once again um, offensively. That's what they want to do. They're like, we're going to be aggressive. Same things coming Saturday. Mississippi State wants to create negative plays. They got 21 sacks, uh, you know, as a defense. And, and seven or eight of those are by linebackers, which means they're going to bring pressure and do some of those things. That's what they do. And Auburn, when healthy, has been that defense too. And, and I thought Saturday for the first time, getting Keontae Scott back, getting you know, Austin Keys back, you saw a little bit more of that firepower on defense mm-hmm. that 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 was missing in that stretch of, of games AM and M and Georgia, uh, especially LSU. Ole, Ole
3: Miss had fourteen points until they scored on the last play of the third oh, quarter. Went I seven mean, straight
2: possessions. Yeah, without, they
0: scored fourteen on their first two possessions.
3: Yeah, yeah, they
2: went seven straight possessions without allowing a point to Ole Miss's offense, which is that's pretty incredible to to be able to have that kind of stretch during the middle of a game. And I uh, yeah, I thought they did a great job. Offensively, the the same story again. Um, Just no rhythm to an offense. Um, We saw even more back and forth from quarterbacks, I thought, uh, on Saturday. But, you know, I I think that's keeping them out of a rhythm. Uh, I think the quarterbacks are searching. And it's something that I've heard from a couple folks, and I wanted to say that I've heard people say, wow, they're just kind of punting on the season. I I think it's exactly the opposite of that. People have said that. If you're punting on the season – you would just go fast and and say, "Hey, well, here's what we're going to do next year," and not worry about the defense. Right now, they're they're trying to protect and try to win games any way they can. I think if you're putting on the season, you'd just be going, "Hey, let's, it doesn't really matter. We're just going to do what we're right now." You're not you're not doing your offense. You're doing something to try to give yourself what they think is the best chance to win games. I personally would be speeding it up a little bit. And I wrote Monday, I think. Finding my quarterback and sticking with that guy and just seeing what happens.
0: Now, that's not exactly what
2: we got from Hugh Freeze on Monday, though. Seems it, like it's not. But then I thought, well, if I was going to do that, I wouldn't tell anybody. No, you're right. You're right. There's no re- no reason
0: to advertise it. But uh, but I I thought it was interesting that uh, yesterday both Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Come out to uh, to spend some time with the media.
2: It was, uh, and 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 here's the thing. You know, people said, "Oh, uh, the you know, they, they both sound frustrated." Well, I, if sure. They're, if they're, if they're if, not, if they're not, then I'm worried. <laughs> really? Correct. And I thought, I thought it was exactly what I would. I was thinking about it. This is exactly how I would feel. I would feel frustrated, not only with kind of how it's going back and forth, but hey, how the production has been when you're on the field. All those things, and you know, it's one of those things where. I think had one of these guys, had, had they gone out and, and gone crazy and lit it up, you wouldn't see a rotation. But because it hasn't happened, they're just kind of searching for something on offense.
3: You said earlier in the season, you know, you, you kind of were, were leaning towards – if a choice had to be made, uh, you were leaning towards Robbie. And we, we discussed – earlier in the season. And we were discussing how, well, maybe – like if you go to Robbie, maybe, it, maybe you, you overwhelmingly – like I would imagine if they went with Robbie – you would see a run-heavy attack because they don't seem to have a ton of faith in Robbie Ashford throwing the football. I I do not think that approach, like after watching it Saturday night. I have changed. What what, what do you think? I have changed. I
2: think Peyton Thorne right now for this team gives you the best chance to win. Um, Because one thing, he's – He's actually running the ball more <clears throat> more effectively than Robbie is.
0: Well, more than anybody thought
2: yeah, he would. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think because teams know when Robbie's in the game, like we've got to take that guy to play game. run, play him to run. <laughs> yes, and make somebody else do it. Peyton is the also thought afterthought mm-hmm. when he's in the game, and he's making really good decisions in the run game.
3: And the biggest run plays against Power 5 teams this year have, have, happened, been, have happened with Peyton Thorne on the field. Yeah,
2: and, and I thought there were some things that you can build on Saturday offensively. I thought the three-tied-in look was something that you can absolutely build on moving forward for this team. When you start talking about having Deal and, and Brandon Fraser or Tyler Fromm and, and Fairweather, moving those guys around, um, those guys played a lot of snaps Saturday. And right now, um, until – somebody decides to step up at wide receiver. Or
0: or, or, or or if they
2: don't. Or if they don't, then to me those are right now your your best options. But, Dan, we were out there at practice yesterday. We saw a lot more Camden Brown early. We saw a lot more of Jermaine – I mean, uh, Kayla, Burton, Burton. Kayla Burton early. We saw more of Javarius Johnson again and Jay Fair – if, if, if it was me, and then – Vars, Vars still seems banged up. Yeah, he's, still, like, still, he's yeah. still moving good, though. And, but it's the elbow more for him, I think. But, um, I think those smaller, quicker guys play my tight ends. And then Camden and, gives you a little size. Camden gives you a little size and just, just see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: you know, I still see hooks make catches in practice that make you think, man, is that going to translate? But I feel like with all the – with the bigger transfer receivers, with, 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 with uh, hooks – with shorter, who's uh, you know gradually, you know, I think seen the most pronounced drop off from yes. the beginning of the season mm-hmm. to now, and for Mardner, who is an asterisk because he was working through injuries, yeah. but all of them feels like there's been a real tough transition to whatever whatever's expected of at this at this level yeah. of this team.
2: What it what it shows you is it doesn't matter how big you are, if you can't create separation and you're not getting open to make those play, it's hard just to count on winning 50-50 balls. That's just mm-hmm. a hard proposition in this league. And that's what kind of it's been reduced to. Uh, to me, I think you got to find some separation somewhere and be able to to run some open routes and do those things. And you've said on this show before, like, <laughs> give me the five ten guy who gets open. I, that's it. And and I think I think I, think, I, think, I mean you, I, whatever I think, size guy. That well, gets and open. I, here's the thing. I think yeah. I think about. I mean, since Alabama had Julio Jones, and then they had, uh, you know, what's the name The play for the Falcons? For, yeah, Cal. Calvary. Since that time. The, the best receivers they had, like Jermaine Burton, maybe they one of the biggest ones they've had since mm-hmm. then. I mean, everybody else was 170 pounds. Six foot to, you know, 5'10", five, 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 to 6'1", ja, one, 170, Jalen to 180.
3: Waddell, five, I mean, like, if you yeah. told me Alabama was going to have a Heisman-winning wide receiver, right? You weren't thinking it was going to have – And he
2: was six foot 160 165. De- Devontae yeah. Smith's measurements. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't have that guy. But to me, if you can find guys that can, can have a little wiggle to them and do those things, then maybe that's the answer. I know it's not what – Freeze has done and had success with in the past. But to me, that might be the best option right now. And, I, and we saw more of that last weekend. We've seen mm-hmm. a little bit more of Burton. We've seen a little bit more of Camden Brown. Now you have another week to get those guys more involved in the offense. And, uh, hey, jarquess Hunter, best game of the year by far. Saw a little bit more of him. Um, should have Dory Austin back this weekend. I Still just to me, what's it look like? from a quarterback standpoint, and can you just find a way to, to kind of get something going and sustained? And, and still, don't,
0: yeah. you, don't you think that, uh, you know, now you've been facing really high-scoring teams the last few weeks, and that and you wanted to, you know, limit their possessions. You still – you always want to do that with anybody, but the next few games you're playing teams that have had some of the similar struggles that Auburn has – and I would think that if you're thinking about speeding it up a little bit, it would make more sense to do it against yeah, these guys. If
2: you're thinking about pulling the plug and saying, okay, well, let's get to what we do, yes, this would seem to be the start of that stretch. Um, even, even getting to Alabama where you go, uh, you know, hey, this Alabama team, it's going to be tough to imagine just go, hey, we're just going to run the ball up the middle no against kidding. these guys. I mean, you're going to have to do some different things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is the stretch that gives you a chance to, to where you, you, you don't have to be perfect to win games. But he, here's the thing, in it, it, against A&M, mistakes costly, but you were, you were right there in a game into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter with that one and had a, had a chance. Obviously, Georgia worked out pretty good. Those two games, you had – in both those games, you had two – I mean, you had four drives of over four minutes. Four drives against Texas A&M that were over four minutes. Four drives against Georgia, though over four minutes, against LSU and Ole Miss combined, you've had four over four mm. minutes. So you you haven't been able to keep the ball Sustained, against those teams anyway. Right. Um, that for me is it'd be one thing if it had worked and you had been able to grind it out some and you didn't win. Then you could go, well, look, it's it. You know, it's worked. It hasn't worked that way, and you haven't been able to keep the ball. And no, and you're
0: going three and out. If you're going three and out, uh, you yeah. know a lot of people go. Well, you don't want to go three and out in 30 seconds. Well, well as opposed uh, to going three
2: I and mean, out in a minute, a, and a minute and a half. Yeah, it's a one other minute. That's but, that's it.
0: Like, and I and I get um, like
3: thinking. Well, we need to we need to reduce the number. Like these last four games, Auburn's played. The thinking. Well, you don't want the opponent to run that many plays because then they can get into your defense's depth. I would think maybe the, the other the other line of thinking there that Auburn may have been employing is you have to avoid turnovers against these last four teams that Auburn played because you give them a short field, your defense is going to be in a harder situation. Maybe it's not, I'm not saying turnovers are good against Mississippi State or Arkansas or Vanderbilt. Maybe the offense doesn't have to be as cautious. Yeah,
2: that's why I, I said earlier you, can, you might uh, can afford a mistake. You could not afford those kind of things and we saw it whether it was a penalty here Mm-hmm. They they played clean against Georgia, but you had a couple of plays that you didn't make that you could have made. Obviously LSU, you just didn't make any plays, and and they were much different.
3: There were still guys getting off the bus. But, and it was seventeen. Yeah, nothing but we saw Ole Miss where LSU. you
2: go, you go, you have a, a chance before halftime, and and you you throw an interception. Um, even like the first play of the game,
3: interception before Ole we'll Miss too. We'll yeah, understand.
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, you so you, like even the first play of the game where you go, you know, there was there was opportunities where you had, you know. What they thought was the right call, Robbie admitted. Hey, I made the wrong read, and it goes for a three-yard loss instead of seven, eight, ten-yard gain, maybe more. Is that um,
3: Jarquez who would have had the gain there? Is I, the belief? I, 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 I think, I'm looking
2: at Cobb. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. I think it would probably was supposed to be Jarquez, where it, and Cobb was just kind of a thing. But from the end zone, I went back and looked at a photo I had, and on the the it would have been the left side of the defense, the right side of Auburn's offense. Right. There was not a defender with within a gap of twelve yards. Okay. If Cop, Larkin, because if gets
0: because on out. the TV shot from the from the you side, couldn't you couldn't it. really we
3: couldn't really tell. Yeah. When, when Bill told me about the story at the press conference that there was apparently almost a huge play on that first on, on that on that first play of the game, like we were we were watching it focused on Jarquez, and it seems like there's somebody accounting for Jarquez at the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, I think there would have been a guy there, but I think it was supposed to be an outside zone but a little bit. feels like uh, no
3: nobody goes with there I mean, was, and some of that's because no but it's it's like Cobb's got, you know, there's two guys on the outside, there's three blockers and uh, and it's and it's Jeremiah Cobb. But
2: but yeah, but you know, it comes back to um decision making. I think about um a punt on the ground where you have a chance to fall on it. It's squir- oh, it, squir- no it squirts out yep. from under K and Lee. <laughs> You have a a line drive punt where you're going to have the ball at midfield and a block in the back, and and you're now back to to your own 25 or 30. Those are plays in that type of game. Didn't get it on short yardage. Yeah, that's right. That was
0: Because at the end of the game, I was saying, man, Keontae really looked good. I mean, he did. He looked really good defending and returning punts. And somebody went, oh, he didn't
2: Uh, do anything in punt return. Well, it got called back. Well, that was still Coy, though, wasn't it? I don't think Keontae was – I think it was still Coy Moore. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but – that that you had those opportunities there. Um, And those are things that, hey, yeah, offense absolutely has to be better. But this team has to make and take advantage of those opportunities to then have a chance to do some of those things. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in. How can you do so?
0: Well, you can give us a call on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. That number, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. 321 1390 You can also text the
3: show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor
0: the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Bill, Dan, and Jason here in the studio with Drew at the Controls. Come on in and join us.
1: Live seven And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive, 23 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason, Caldwell, and let's get to The Drive hotline. Inspector gets us going. Hey, Spector.
4: Afternoon, guys. Hey, Spector. Uh, hey, how you doing, Brian? How you doing, Jason? Jason, I'm good. Okay. Hey, right, good. I uh, heard you guys talking earlier about Peyton and Robbie. Jason, are you are you throwing the dartboard board, or are you rolling the dice, or what? One week you're Peyton, one week you're Robbie.
2: No, I think it's it's been. Oh, I, here's the thing. Do I? I still believe Robbie can be a quarterback that you can win with. But I think right now you just got to stick with a guy and let them run the show and do some things. Cause I mean, I, Hey, but I think right now, Rob Payton has shown me more as a runner than I thought I would see. That's, that's why yeah. I've said, Hey, I feel like he, cause he can give you, he, I mean, he can give you, I mean, look at him. He's, he's running it all pretty well. So it's probably been more because of what he's been able to do in the run game. That's probably brought me around a little bit more.
0: It it seems Spectre, uh that, that defenses can't play Auburn they don't play Auburn as much run heavy when Peyton's in the game I mean even though Auburn hasn't had a prolific passing game by any means they play them a little more honestly than they do when Robbie's in the game they they overplay the run
4: yeah well that's a good that's a good time to let Robbie throw the ball then.
2: well you know they try they 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 tried to said hey and before the before that that interception right before the half freeze was talking to Robbie and um, and I'm sure they thought, hey, we're going to get this look with you in the game. We, we're we in kind of good spot to be in field, field goal position. Let's take a shot here. But Ole Miss defense had it played perfect, obviously double coverage there in, in the interception. So they took a deep shot with him in the game. He threw it. Actually, I mean, he's thrown the ball fairly well, in my opinion. I think he's, he's done, done it good, better. There's yeah, no he's question. done it very
3: few actual attempts to wide yeah, receivers. Correct, or, and, yeah. and and
2: well, there's a few attempts to wide receivers. Period. True. Uh, right now in this offense, and that's part of the reason why I think you got to find a way to to kind of get some something going with one guy.
4: Well, let me get your opinion on this. Uh, during the Mississippi game, when Robbie threw that, oh, I won't say a deep ball. I think about thirty yards down the field and it got intercepted. Did did y'all see? I thought the defender ran up the back of our receiver. Yeah, and made him, made him fall.
2: Yeah, Javarius got got bumped when the ball about when the ball got there, but it was probably close enough. And with having another guy there, um, I don't know that it it impeded the interception or his ability to get there because I think the other guy was probably going to catch it first. So it was. Well, probably, yeah. I under, yeah. So yeah I, under, yeah, I think had it yeah. happened. Uh, uh, maybe a half yard or a yard earlier where you feel like, hey, he's going to have a chance to get yeah, there. Or, or
3: if it had been one-on-one yeah, and not Tavares against yeah, two guys. Yeah,
2: so I think that probably hey, – have we seen stuff like that call before? Yeah, we have. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. I,
3: I think the bigger controversy on the interception front is that the old Miss guy didn't catch Peyton Thorne's interception. I thought the one in the second half where – where that, I mean, that ball is, that it, ball is the, moving. The ball – Bounced the off the, the ball, bounced yeah. off the
0: ground, back into his I, arm. When I he, thought the when se- he, uh, I thought the second one. I was joking the in the press it.
3: box. These referees want to go home, and that's why they're going to let this biscall call stand because I I did not think that the second one should have been an interception.
4: All right, let me let me change uh, tracks here, man. Um, I've heard a little bit about this friction in the coaching staff between um uh, McGriff and Roberts. Is there anything going on with that, Brian? I mean, yeah, uh,
2: Jason? yeah I mean. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, Coach Crime isn't on the field right now for this team, but he was on the sideline Saturday. Mm-hmm. We, he was out there at practice yesterday, and Hugh Free said, look, he is helping us in other areas right now. I talked to Crime, what day was it, maybe Monday, and smiling looked to be in good spirits. And so, um, hey, would it be the first time? That there was friction on a coaching staff, no, it Especially wouldn't. Especially
0: when you've got a little losing streak yeah. going, even if it's not that side of the ball's fault yeah. or anything.
2: But, but I, I mean, obviously, right now he's he's still very much a part of things. So uh, if there was anything real serious about it, um, he'd be away from the program. Yeah, I don't think he would be and, around every day like. And he is he's right somebody
0: now. he's somebody that has been with Hugh Freeze before. Yeah, and I think uh, Coach Freeze. Wants him,
2: yeah, and he's obviously a part to, of that accountability team. There's, mm-hmm. I think, there's things that he feel. And here's, you know, if if there's, he said personal matters, dealing with those things. We don't know what those are, uh, but he's been around. And and again, I, you know, we've seen him now the last three times I've been around the team. I've seen him around, so he's he's still out there and, and doing some things and doing some recruiting for this team. So, anything else, Specter?
4: That's
0: it. I right, appreciate the call. Yeah, uh, speaking of recruiting, Auburn uh, – let's see, Auburn's added – I guess since last week it's one, right?
2: Yes. Yep, Caleb Harris. Well, he mm-hmm. had twenty twenty five. that it was right. probably – but Caleb Harris is the, the newest commitment. Um, Talk a little bit about him. He's a guy that I've, I've watched play for you now three and a half years, really, and, and, and to do that at Thompson shows you something about him. I mm-hmm. talked to Mark Freeman um, Monday night. And I already knew the answer, but Mark Freeman was like, "Like this is," he said, "Well, this is one of my favorite players I've ever coached, and he's coached some good ones and some really good ones over his over his career, a bunch of state championships." But Billy, he's like, "Hey, uh, he's Jack Tatum."
0: Yeah, I saw that. And quote.
2: he called him the assassin. That's it. And so the, he said, "I'm going old school." Um, but to Jack, me, Jack Tatum. Yeah, yeah well, wow. we're Thirty-two oh, man in well, silver and, and black. And here, can... here's here's what I. Th- when I saw I've seen Caleb play a bunch, but when I saw him play Clay Chalkville a few weeks ago, I left there saying I think he's Eugene Asante. That's what I left saying. And then Mark It's interesting. Fr-
0: he called him more
2: a nickel. Yeah, well Mark Freeman said everybody's recruiting him at the wrong position. They were wanted him to be a safety. He said star nickel, which is that nickel linebacker. Okay. Star box safety. Yeah, I think he's gonna be six two, two fifteen. He's an every-down linebacker. I think he's going to be a guy is, that can – that can that, especially in this defense. An edge kind of guy. I think this defense – I think back to, to watching TCU and Michigan last year in that, in that game where they where is had a 215-pound linebacker that's just blitzing like crazy and going all over the field. And I'm like, that's what he reminds me of. He can cover. He can do those things. But I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a box safety downhill. Um, can cover. but But give you that extra defender – to, to kind of take on some of those things. So, I like him. I think he's going to be a really good player. We'll get to our
0: bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Again, 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through as we continue here with the Wednesday Drive.
1: .com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive@espnau.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. 26 minutes away from 5 o'clock, and let's get right back to the phones. Jones.
5: Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Jones. Hey, let me ask you something, Jason. All right. Where's my brother Mark Murphy these days?
2: Mark is – he? I actually talked to him this week. I mean, he's back in town now. Um, they've been doing some things uh, at, a, at a cabin, and so they've been kind of doing some renovation work, doing some stuff. Um, he is enjoying – um, life without being every day covering football. He's still writing the columns and doing stuff for the uh, Auburn Villager. So he's still writing a column for them. But, um, I th- I talked to him this week, and I think I think Saturday was the first home game that he hadn't been to since
0: 1984. Yeah, I I looked and didn't see him, and yep. I thought, wow, yep. this he is, said it's a little strange,
2: I. but uh, yep. he's uh, he is enjoying um, you know, a a well earned opportunity to not have to cover sports every day, every breathing moment. So, yeah, he's doing great.
5: Well, my question about football is, and maybe I'm just, you know, illiterate, why do not we roll the pocket out with Thorne? Because when he drops in the center pocket, he's always getting sacked, and he doesn't have the maneuverability maybe to get through it. Do we ever roll the pocket?
2: I, I think there's maybe some of that. The problem when you do that is is that when you do that, then you shrink your field to one half or the other. And then you're saying, I got one or two guys over here, and th- they're absolutely going to have to beat that guy. And so I think that's part uh, – it's a combination of a lot of things. Right now they don't have anybody winning those one-on-one battles to get open to do even those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so um, right. I, I do think that there's some things – and, hey, like I said, I, but there's things that – you know, we talked about receivers. We talked about this and that and, and rotating quarterback. Peyton Thorne's a guy that has to see the field better too. And, and so there's there's things for for the quarterbacks too, um, and there was hey and there was a play Saturday early in the game where it was third down and third and eight or ten or whatever, and he flushed and, and left the pocket and and ran out of bounds short of a first down where there wasn't any pressure, I mean there wasn't anybody there, so I, I think there's a combination of things. I think if you could to me where that comes into play is if you can get to tempo where you can start to Get some things going, then I think you can um, get the short game, and that's normally where you start to do the rollouts is using the short game and, and the quick game. Uh, I think that's some of the stuff you could see, and they've been better. They've been better going a little faster. We saw it at the end oh, of the, yeah, the day. Oh yeah, they more. We comfortable. saw it against LSU, and and so I think that could come. And what else? It, where else that could come into play then too is when you start to do some of those things, the defense can't be as sophisticated. When you're going faster, they're basically lining.
5: Uh, have we run a reverse at all this year?
2: <laughs> we were just talking about that. Not that I can recall. Um, and
0: if, if if so, it's been a what, while. And
2: what's funny is there, and I'm sure there has to be the a
3: reverse. There was a reverse to Cobb that got called back. Was that at Cal?
2: It was Cal. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that what was what a hold Cobb for too yeah. tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure so it was. there, there was because I, I knew I'd seen
1: one there, yeah.
2: uh, but there must be. And, I, you know what, I, it's probably something I need to ask. There must be a reason why those aren't done as much. I remember. There's not as much motion. There's not as much motion. But I remember, in you know, Freddie Wagand and Alexander Wright, and he, Auburn would run a reverse once a game and yep. it would usually work. I don't really see anybody hardly doing that anymore. Does
3: the motion get taken out of a playbook when you have so many new players and you're mm. simplifying things for guys
2: who uh, join a, a the little, team in the spring and summer? A little bit. I think it's why you see more of them when they do the, 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 the kind of the script plays early on. You see a little bit more of that early. But, yeah, no, I, I've said I think that would be something, especially with Robbie in the game, when mm-hmm. you have so much pursuit coming for him that um, if, if there's one in there, then that's when it would be
5: in there for me. Yeah, and I think the last thing I want to say is it uh, seems like the fourth quarter had to boost Thorne's confidence going forward. I just believe that. He played really well. And uh, another thing you said a year ago or so, Jason, on this show is it takes, what is it, seven or eight plays a game to make a difference? Yep, that's And y'all it. mentioned the block in the back. I think Bill mentioned it. And the, uh, just a tiny little stubbing of the toe that Auburn has done really for two or three years. It's just amazing. We used to get all those benefits, and the other teams would do them, and now we're the guys. So hopefully it will come back around, and we'll stop stubbing our toe those seven or eight plays.
2: Yeah, and, you know, normally you find those when you aren't as talented mm-hmm. because, you, uh, exactly. because, because there's more of those that you depend on. Georgia has as many of those as other teams. But they also make a bunch more. You plays. can overcome those because because I, I mentioned that earlier yeah. in the year, and somebody said, "Well, everybody has those plays." I said, "Yeah, but the difference is, they're making fifteen. When you make fifteen and you don't make five, then it's not as big a deal. When you make one and you don't make five, <laughs> then they become massive, and that's kind of what this that's what this offense is doing right now." Jones
3: just made the point about the way Peyton Thorn finished the game mm-hmm. on Saturday. I've I've heard some people sort of dismiss. Yeah, it was a two-score game. Garbage time. Uh, that's not something that Auburn can look at and say that should be the offense. W- what What do you think of the of the win? No,
2: I've I, I've said it for years. We've talked about it for years. Most of these guys play their best when you're going faster, and because, as I said, it takes defenses out of what they're able to do. Um, you can't, and especially to me, and I asked this question on on Monday. I think part of the problem right now is because you've got so many faces and new faces, it's hard for them to move a guy from one spot to the other, keep the same guys on the field. You watch LSU play, and you've got veteran receivers, and they're in their, their second year of an offense, mm-hmm. and you've got a veteran quarterback, and those guys are staying on the field, but they'll go three wide here, and then they'll go two by two, and they'll move a guy, and, but they're keeping the same guys on the field. Well, when you do that – and you get the defense to where they can't sub, then you got a huge advantage. I, I remember, and we saw it Saturday. I wasn't watching the game, but Utah and USC, USC subs. Yep. And oh, Utah sends
0: the, the, the slowest the guy as and, slow and, and as it's going to be and, and walk him on out the field. there. You know, you know what yeah. they do? So okay.
3: Utah, Utah sends their backup nose tackle out to the nose tackle, and then he tells the nose tackle who's yes, in the game. You got to go. And so the nose tackle, who's lined up there, then slowly starts a walk to the sidelines. USC doesn't get the okay to snap it until there's four seconds left.
2: I'll I'll promise you this. I remember being in Athens. That wasn't accidental. I remember being in Athens when when Jarrett Sidham was quarterback, 2018 team, um, and watching Kirby Smart and Auburn subs. And when they do, he'd sit there for a second, and then he would tell the guy to go, but not too fast and they would kind of jog on the field. And then uh, – because I'm telling you, I would do that if I was a coach. Absolutely. Espe- especially playing a team that wants to go fast. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, You want to go uh, fast, don't sub. Uh,
2: yeah, and, 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 and so, and so they, other teams have done that. And so that's why I think it's important. The big, one of the biggest parts of it is can you do it without substituting? That's hard right now for Auburn because you got so many new faces. So they're having to go, well, this guy does this better than this guy. It's hard to move him to here and do those things. From that's why, to me, going faster you're going to be simpler on offense, and you're going to know hey, here's what we're doing, and quarterbacks just it takes it takes the thinking out of it where you're just playing football
0: well that's why you see some different groupings with each quarterback, and uh Hugh was talking about this different playbook for the two of them yep. i mean it's it's simpler you could go faster with either one of them doing that because. They don't always have the same players in there
2: with yeah. them. I think back to, to, to was it twenty uh was it twenty nineteen Auburn, Georgia, where Auburn twenty one you nothing know, no, Georgia yeah. and then the and, the rally. and Kirby Smart after game goal, look, we didn't do anything different. We did nothing different. They just moved the football. It it is harder to play defense when teams do that. And and I think we saw it they did it a couple times at LSU, drove down and scored. We saw it a couple times against Ole Miss where they got in kind of some tempo and rhythm. I just think right now for this team, then, and especially if that's what you want to be next year, then you've, you've tried to protect the defense the last couple of weeks. Just right now, go be who you are and see what happens.
3: It's a, it's a harebrained scheme. We've talked about it off the air. We had a caller mention it earlier this week. I do believe, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, if they're going to deploy Robbie the way they're using him so far, it would be more helpful if you could do it without subbing. If, it, if he was on the field, you know, I guess whether that would be lining him up in the slot or at receiver when Thorne's out there
2: at times. Yeah, yeah two series a game where you go, hey, yeah. a couple series, even if it's four or five plays in a row. because yeah. you're, you're probably every not, once in a while
0: throw the ball to it. You're probably not going to play
2: more it, than five, four or five plays in a row you, without subbing anyway. You pull a quarterback off the field that puts defenses on alert. But if that quarterback goes for
3: yeah, being, are you, you put a
0: quarterback in who hasn't been yes, in it? Sort of, yeah. Yes, but, but
3: if, but if Thorne takes the snap and then on the next play he moves from under center. I mean, you saw the direct snap to Jarquez
2: when well, Thorne's in motion. Well, hey, like, or or put Robbie in the slot, make him the motion man. Yes, absolutely. Handing the ball um, or not handing the ball. I mean, yeah. There's things I right now. If and again, like, I'm not a coach. If it's everything I have is on the table, and go. Because what I show this week, somebody else has got to prepare for next week. Yep, that's right. And in and in the meantime, you're drawing some other things up for next week. And yeah. these
3: are three. I don't want to put too much pressure, but these are three extremely winnable conference games. The,
2: this for, is for this is the part of the schedule that was the most important, in my opinion. This next stretch of four games. You better
0: take care of these. You've done what you've you've sort of it's chalk to now. You've been favorites three times. You've been underdogs four times. All right, you're three and four. Now you're, now you're a favorite again here. You win this one, and there's a chance you can be favored the, in, in the next three.
2: It, 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 I said it, it, it hasn't looked like I thought it was going to look, but this is exactly where I thought they would be right now. It hasn't, I thought it was going to be more offense, less defense. It's been mm-hmm. opposite of that. But as far as where, they, where I thought they would be right now, I thought they would be right here, and I thought they would win the next three or next four. And then have a chance to be 7-5 or 8-4. And, and,
0: and that is why this game is critical. Got comp- to have some confidence. I mean, it is critical. Confidence yes. as much as
2: anything. Go out and win a game. Move the football because then you're on the road for the next score Score some points. Dandy's a winnable game, obviously. Arkansas, who knows what happens. Yeah, but
0: happens. If, you, if you go in with a fight, if you're going on the road with a five-game losing then, the then streak, it, it, then it, it, everything
2: is tough. tough. Everything's tough, yes. That's why I said the confidence as much as anything for this team. Going out and having some success, singing the fight song, feeling good about yourself, all those things are as important as anything you can do Saturday. We'll get to our
0: final break of hour number one. Jason with us for one more segment Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive.
1: Let me show you how. Country on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final segment here on this Wednesday afternoon. Jason Caldwell with us for a few more minutes. Uh, Jason, before we run out of time, just talk about all the things that are going on and uh, th- there at uh, uh, 247 and, and uh, how folks can, can get that and then uh, follow you and, and everything yeah, that's going I on. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Got, like I said, lots going on, uh, lots of previews heading into uh, Mississippi State this weekend. Like I said, we had a ton of interviews and really good ones yesterday with quarterbacks and, and Connor Liu, I did Connor Liu story today. Uh, lots of recruiting uh, heading in. Won't be as busy a weekend this weekend as mm-hmm. we've seen with, with George Ole Miss and then obviously Alabama coming up. there will be you know, a little bit, little bit slower weekend in terms of recruiting, but <clears throat> we'll uh, have a, a lot of that on Saturday as well. Um, we've had basketball coverage. I'll hopefully have a little baseball again tomorrow, uh, so go out and check them out. But you can find all that at AuburnUnderCover.com and also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason.
0: All right. Uh, to, you, you mentioned the Mississippi State defense. We don't know who's going to be at quarterback for the Bulldogs this week, the, the
2: the biggest questions going into Saturday are: Will Will Rogers play, and will Jaquavius Marks play? Jaquavius Marks may be more important for this offense than Will Rogers is now because it's a much different offense.
0: He's become he's become quite the horse. Yes, and,
2: and so I mean, Will Rogers has about a you know twelve hundred yards passing versus this time last year he would have had three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, most of that against Auburn. Um, <laughs>
3: I'm so, like, I don't like using this language where you talk about, like, did he make a mistake by staying? But it's like Will Rogers feels like a guy where because of the, because of how different the system is from last year to this year and how, you know, it seemed like he really thrived in the old offense, you wonder, it's like it's great that he stayed, you know, considering the circumstances and everything. Craig,
2: could, could he have found another, you know, Mike Leach kind of disciple offense to go play? That's what he played in high school. So, he played that in high school. He played in the Mississippi State for three years. It's what he's always known. Obviously, much different now. I don't know that it – I don't know that he would have been an NFL guy anyway, probably, but I mean to have a chance. Um,
0: and so that's, somebody asked about that yesterday, you know, why isn't in the NFL? And it's like because – the NFL yeah. NFL folks feel like it's the system, yeah, and he's not. And a, he's very very te- good I mean, in te- that system. Texas Tech didn't produce NFL quarterbacks but either until, when Mike Leach was
3: there.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, well, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes was all yeah. for that.
3: But like those Texas Tech guys <clears> would routinely shatter the career yardage. Like, yeah, right, like,
2: correct, and yes, and and so, um, but yeah, I mean that to me, Joe Quavius Marks is is more important for this game. Now, where Rogers probably sees an Auburn jersey and goes, "Hey, I'm ready to play in this game." Um, the last time
3: he was at Jordan Air <clears> Stadium, he had maybe the greatest well, game any quarterback's I, ever played. The greatest half I, I've, I went I've back, ever seen. I, I went back
2: and looked. And, and the last two well, years, the last two years, he Johnny has. Johnny football was
0: pretty good, in though. Yeah,
2: he has in two years, he has 800, t- 800 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. And six of those 400 and some odd yards and no touchdowns were two years ago. Um, yeah, I, I think you look at this one and. You're right. That in two games, Auburn has that in seven. Uh, yes, correct. And um, <laughs> Not as many touchdowns. No. Um, Half as many. Yeah, but you know, th- but this year he has ten. He has ten passing yeah. touchdowns in six games, so it's a much different offense. Um, they got playmakers, though, Tula Griffin outside. DeQuavius Marks, for me, is the key. This guy is a running back that almost has 2,000 receiving yards and 2,000 rushing yards. And all the passes they've caught the last few years, he is the all-time leading receiver. At Mississippi State, I did two, not realize two hundred and six wow. career receptions. Career reception, yeah. He is the the guy to watch for me. He was hobbled pretty good at the end of that Arkansas mm-hmm. game and the ankle and things going on. But winnable game for Auburn. You go out and play well. You go out and play well Saturday. Do some things offensively, and Auburn wins this game. Maybe. If it's
3: Mike Wright, Auburn, I thought did an okay job for the most part, uh, keeping Jackson Dart bottled up as a runner. I know he had a couple of big plays. Yeah,
2: much more passing options with that team and with him than Mm -hmm. Mike Wright. Mike Wright would be – we see something similar to this every week, and honestly I don't know that he's as good as Robbie is in terms of the the way he runs. He's good. But I think for Auburn to go, okay, this is what we see a lot of, and I I would think that would be a better matchup, even though Auburn's secondary is at strength right now.
0: Now, on the other side, I mean, State does a lot of things and they are very aggressive – They've also given up a lot of yards through the year.
2: They have, and, and can uh, we, we saw that going into LSU, and Auburn wasn't able to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Can you take advantage of it this week, and can you protect? Because Mississippi State's going to bring the house. Connor Liu probably going to start as a true freshman. Um, how much does that impact you? Going to depend a lot on Cam Stutz and Gunnar Britton this week to to help identify fronts, identify blitzes, make sure they're all on the same page. Um I think there's two things I saw Saturday night for, against Ole Miss. Ole Miss kind of similar defense. To me, the first thing is, is is run right at teams like that. Don't don't try to beat them outside. They you know Ole Miss made a ton of plays outside. Yeah, when Auburn Auburn
0: could not get the when
2: corner. Auburn ran the ball between the tackles. Other than with Robbie, Robbie did not have success on the, you know. But with the running game, I thought between the tackles they were really good. Mm-hmm. So you run right at those guys, and. Um, you know, got to make some plays in the passing game. We said that all year, and um, I think there'll be some opportunities in this game. And can you get can you get make a couple plays?
0: And the other the other thing is, I mean, I've I've heard some people like, well, uh, not not as big a deal. It's Mississippi State. Not as excited about the game. Hugh, Hugh has talked about the crowd. The crowds have been great. I know it's going to be a little more of a challenge. I mean, Auburn's coming off a four game losing streak. They they need it to be lively over there this week.
2: I agree, and, and you know. It, You know, you wait all year for football games. Here's another opportunity, and this is a big one because this is another stepping stone game. Get get your first SEC win. Have a chance to build some momentum going into the end of the year. This is – hey, they're all important when you're looking to build something, and right now that's that's the case. Jason, thanks, man. It's always
0: great having you in here with us. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. All right, we are back with hour number two. We've got our Tiger Takes, the uh, Jacob – Spend some time with Eugene Asante. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Until then, phone lines are wide open. Join us for hour number two of the Wednesday Drive.
1: VN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome in to hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this nice-looking hump day. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 247 Network, in with us for the entire hour. Hope you had a chance to hear Jason. If you missed any of it, please check out the podcast.
3: That's right. Podcast of the Drive, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or Go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. Podcasts of the Drive, all presented by our friends
0: at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of the Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love for you to join in. You can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar, where there's some Big doings.: That's right this uh, I mean it's a home game
3: weekend, so if, you, if you're not going to uh, if you're not going to the game this Saturday, Skybar the place to, uh, uh, to check it out, they'll, they'll be open for Auburn, Mississippi State, Friday and Saturday night of course, Skybar will be open as well. and Halloween weekend, one of, one of Auburn's uh, uh, Halloween traditions now the Skybar costume contest mm-hmm. tomorrow night uh, up to uh, I think they've got $2,000 dollars in prizes going out uh, to, uh, to, to people who finish. Uh, you know, at at or near the top. So, uh, so yeah, you're gonna want to check that out tomorrow night. They're also doing one next week, uh, Halloween night. That's Tuesday, right? Yes. Okay. So, yes, so, so Thursday the Thursday the 26th and uh, and Tuesday the 31st uh, costume contests at Sky Bar. Uh, and so uh, yeah, tomorrow night and and Tuesday, you're not gonna want to miss that.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, while we were talking with Bruce Pearl yesterday you've got yeah Halloween's Tuesday night and then Auburn's exhibition game against AUM's Wednesday night. Right, basketball season getting going. I
3: mean the the day after Halloween, November really does I mean, once once you transition from October to November, I know there have been there have been opening days, you know that first week of November before this week it's 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 getting into the uh, the second week of November, but between exhibitions and uh, yeah, Auburn's uh, big at a conference game against Baylor uh, to open the season on ESPN. Yeah, it's going to really feel like basketball season is underway this time next week. And if you didn't hear our interview with Bruce Pearl, check out yesterday's episode of the podcast because uh, Bruce Pearl was outstanding, as always, oh, yes. uh, in, uh, in making some time for us. want to uh, want to thank the uh, the university, and hopefully you'll, uh, hopefully you'll get to hear a little bit more of, uh, of Bruce Pearl uh, here on the drive uh, throughout the season. I think it's not to pull the curtain back or anything. I think it's a little bit easier now that we also air the games on Wings 94.3. Uh,
0: it seems that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems like we get responses. I, uh, well, I understand, though. You understand that the, you know, the flagship station and, and, and their, you know, their affiliates would, uh, would, would get priority. Didn't, didn't mention this, Bill, but yesterday I was chatting
3: with, uh, with Adam Cole at the viewing window, and Hugh Freeze came over. And said hi to both of us. Had not, had not happened during a viewing window. He's always on the move and stuff. But oh, yeah. He, but he came over, saw the two of us talking, to, and said hi. And, uh, and I mentioned to him, I said, Coach, we had Bruce Pearl on the show interviewed. Last, last question we, we, uh, we had was about his relationship with you. I was unaware that Bruce started a friendship with Hugh Freeze during the Malzon era, because it well, makes and, sense
0: because Gus and Hugh are very, very close. And, and you
3: know that Bruce is paying enough attention to college football that when he was the head coach at Tennessee and after mm-hmm. that he knew of Hugh Freeze and what Hugh Freeze was doing uh, at Ole Miss. But yeah, to hear uh, – I mean, I, I would say on top of all the other cool stuff we had from the Bruce Pearl interview yesterday, Bruce's answer about uh, how he's gotten to know Hugh Freeze and – uh, and, and his confidence in Hugh Freeze moving forward, I, I thought that was a really cool way to end it. And, and Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, I, I told him Bruce had some very complimentary things about the job you're doing and his confidence in you moving forward, and Hugh Freeze just said, you know, I, I'm working every day to be more like Bruce. Like, that, that was Hugh Freeze's thing, is just trying try every that's day. A, that's, a, uh, that's a pretty good goal. And, and, one of the, and one of the things, and other people have pointed this out too, one of the things that Hugh Freeze said impressed him about Bruce Pearl is – The way Bruce Pearl has time for everyone, like the way that he Mm -hmm. and and he doesn't know how he does it because there's only 24 hours in a day. But Bruce Pearl's ability to have time for everyone who needs something or to, to, you know, to an an ear, it really is a uh, we've we've compared it to running for running for a local office or something. And that's that's something Bruce Pearl is just he's, he's
0: sensational at. Yeah, I don't know about kissing babies, but but a lot of but a lot of that pre 2020.
3: I think I think we're not yeah, kissing. I think we're not kissing as many babies.
0: Probably not. That wouldn't be not not advisable these days. Uh, one other thing that uh, that that sort of reminds me, Specter was asking about uh, Wesley McGriff, and I've had a couple of people tell me that they feel that this is really going very well with Crime Dog handling more of the recruiting, able to take a little bit. Now, it's not like Hugh Freeze is going to slow down recruiting, but he's got someone else that can really help him share the load of recruiting. And a couple of people have said they may feel that could actually free Hugh up a little bit more, you know, where he's talked about having to focus so much on recruiting and not having as much time as he would like for the football aspect. That actually may help in that, uh, in, in that. Day. And that's somebody that Hugh Freeze has worked with a lot in the past. <coughs> oh, yes. right. Like these, mm-hmm. these two have a history together. Yeah, and, and back and to his days at old, back to their days at Old Miss. Yeah, and, and
3: being being able to, uh, uh, you know, being able to lean on someone who you didn't just meet in the last couple of months, I think is probably something. Especially with something as important as recruiting, mm-hmm. like being able to entrust something that important to somebody that has earned Hugh Freeze's trust over the years, like McGriff. Maybe maybe it will help. I I, I don't know how involved Hugh Freeze is with the offense now,
0: you know what I mean? And, and if there, if I he think be, he's more, more involved than he, than he was at the beginning of the season. Yeah.
3: I, I just, I wonder if it's like, he's got to choose between focusing his time on recruiting or focusing his time on, like, I, I don't, I don't know like where, you know, where the time resources right. come from and things, but no, but I would think that, um, uh, you know, again, I, I get back to, I think it's a really good sign that we've got Wesley McGriff uh, still, still in the picture and still involved with what, like, if, you know, if, if it were a blow-up or some sort of issue, I,
0: I don't know if you'd have Hugh Freeze talking about uh, – No, t- Talking I, about – Probably Still being – Probably still Still being around. Uh, a couple of things before we get to the phones. Uh, we haven't mentioned it, but I'm sure everybody had the Diamondbacks and the Rangers – in the World Series. A couple of teams that lost 100 games uh, last year, both of them in the World Series. I wonder if that's ever happened
3: before. We no. had 200 no, it is two not. teams that go from 100 losses to the World Series in one year.
0: And and you'd you'd never you've never had two teams having to win the final two road games playing in a World Series either leading into it. There is a Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks were
3: 125 to one to win the National League on Opening Day. Mm. So if you if you uh, if you believed in Arizona, if you bet, if you
0: bet eight dollars, you won a thousand.
3: Eight dollars okay? Eight dollars wins you a thousand <laughs> on uh, on the Diamondbacks just winning the National League. I I think it's I think it gets into the 250 300 to one to win the World Series. Uh, if I'm you had sure them. it does. I'm but, sure but it does. Just to win the National League, Arizona cashing 125 to one. Tickets
0: for uh, for for those lucky gamblers. News from Major League Baseball today: Dusty Baker will announce his retirement tomorrow after 26 years as a Major League manager. We were talking about this yesterday. Um, Hall of Famer Dusty is Baker. There, is there any question? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I,
3: if you're going to put guys in for managing, then yeah, Dusty yes. Baker probably belongs. In, I mean, I'll tell you what. That's all my, they need is bronze the I'm, toothpick. I'm not. I'm, I feel like I'm not a, like, that, that, I'm fine with maybe even a larger Hall of Fame for managers, right? Like, especially yeah. if we're just looking,
0: because I don't like combining player-manager career and being like, oh, well, his you know, Dusty like, was a good player, yeah. and, and, he's, and, he's, and he's got a, a series, he's got a I, championship. Recent,
3: recent managers that you feel like are Hall of Famers who aren't Hall of Famers now. Francona? Yes. Francona belongs in. What, uh, about, what about Boach? Uh, Bochy I think Bochy's made an excellent argument for himself I would say um, this Houston stuff the, the it's tough to yeah. you know what I mean it's, I don't want to dance Dave Roberts question mark
0: maybe, I think maybe stick, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Franco- one. maybe win another one, Francona
3: Baker and Bochy. I feel yes. like belong in the hall yes. of fame. Dave Roberts, you can make the argument for,
0: but I, I, feel I like think, I think he's, I think he's very close. Not, not all that controversial with any of those. Guys. No, 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 not at all. All right. Three, three, four three two one 1390. That is the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar jo- Joe Madden. Yeah, I think so. Joe Madden. I think huh? so. Yeah.
3: I know. I mean, uh, uh, Lou Pinella's on the Pinella's on the veterans ballot this year. I don't know about Luke Pinella as a Hall of Famer just based on his managerial
0: career. Maybe. I just, just, I, I just want, I just want to see him kick another, kick some more dirt and another base. Joe,
3: Joe Madden though, maybe. I mean, I think that especially, yeah. especially when you think about winning in 2016, like yeah,
0: that's. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. From 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 where they came. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's get hundred eight
3: years, Drew. Yeah,
0: let's let's get let's get to the phones. Was uh
4: is it is it Specter again? Specter back. What's up, Specter? Hey, Specter. Thank you so much, Bill, for bringing that to light about McGriff. Um, you know, I've always been a stickler for recruiting, and um, you know, it starts with the recruiter himself, and we've let uh, some good ones go. Damien Craig was one, Travis Williams, Rodney Garner, and of those, I think Travis Williams has a good chance of coming back to Auburn after what he, what's going on with Arkansas. So yeah, with that being said, I'm glad to hear that McGriff is, is taking over those responsibilities from you.
0: Well, he, he Hugh, to- Hugh even said, you know, he is uh, uh, accountability and uh, on-campus recruiting. I is, is that those are his duties. Specter,
3: I wonder if the scale of recruiting has changed a lot in the last decade or so, too, because it used to be I mean, I know, Billy Napier's talked about this. And when he got to Florida, Florida had a very sophisticated operation for recruiting high school players, but did not have nearly as many resources dedicated to the portal and didn't really have all that many resources for re-recruiting their own players and being able to keep guys who were thinking about going in the portal. In the place you almost need to triple the size of what you what you were doing before to keep uh, I mean when you think about all the players in the portal that you're going to have to be do, getting information on and and then players on your own roster too I think it's it's got to be something where even coaches that did this successfully a couple of years ago mm-hmm. maybe need it's to change maybe right. need, maybe need to call in reinforcements
4: yeah you're so right Dan you, not only do you have to be a recruiter for the high school but you've got to be a recruiter to keep your keep your players on mm-hmm. your team.
3: And you uh, have and you have a month in the portal, where you find out. Yeah. Like and on, on top of all that, you have a you have a month to figure out who who around college football belongs uh, on, on your
0: roster, or you would right. like. To, yeah, you'd like to have on your roster because just because you want them doesn't mean you're going to get them. Yeah, yeah. It, ain't, it ain't eBay. Yeah. Yeah,
4: that's right. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up, Bill. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Appreciate it, Specter. 1390 And Kyle is next. Hello, hello, Kyle.
6: Hey guys, hope y'all are well today. So do we. That's the, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, hey, that's, that's the hope. yeah. Y'all talking that's the. hope. You know, uh, I appreciate that, Bill. Uh, hey, y'all talking that baseball earlier that 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 Braves loss still hurts. I'm telling you, um, that one still hurts.
0: I know a lot of
3: Braves
6: hey, fans. A
0: lot of Braves it, fans weren't broken hearted that the Phillies lost the last what, two. What's crushing? No, I'll them. tell you that.
3: I mean, Yankees fans dealt with this for a while. Dodgers fans as well. I think Braves fans are coming up. Like when your team is so overpowering in the regular season, and it's it's over in four or five games. Oh, of, it's of, like of the anything short
0: of at least yeah. playing in the series is is just almost and a, I don't and I don't think believe. there's
3: a, I don't think there's a way to recondition fans to be like, well, just just really celebrate those regular season division championships yeah. and think that's like no, it's it's. It's about the postseason, and when the postseason doesn't go well, it's it's tough to, you know, it's tough to have that same feeling of of, 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 of accomplishment.
6: It is, it is. It was a tough one, though. Um, hey, so I, I was just thinking earlier. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back to just the last two years for Auburn football. What what would you say our highest moment was? Just those last two years. I want both your all's opinion on that.
3: On field, it would probably be the A and M win. Right, like I would think that that would be of. I mean, if we're starting, if last two years starts with the twenty twenty two season, I, I mean, I would I would Are think. You, I, the, I was thinking
0: 21, 22 So you're
3: talking. I'm, I'm 21. saying
6: twenty one, Dan. I'm okay. saying twenty one. Okay,
3: then that would be the, the win over Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I think. I, I think, you would know, think they, that was they were the a,
0: highlight. A top ten team when when Auburn beat them, and then Auburn was pushing the top ten after that win. Yeah. It it felt like wow, this this. this you know, things are going well, first, really in the, the right I, direction. I mean
3: the first half of the Mississippi State game. Yeah,
0: halftime. Just before <laughs> halftime of Mississippi State, it felt like, man, things are really going well. We're about to be 7-2. and two.
6: No. That's right. And I, I agree with you on that one. And, you know, we, we had a quarterback, right? We had a quarterback. Yes. And, you know, just to have half that feeling, I would take it now. I, you know, like, I'm I'm behind Coach Freeze, but – we have got I think just the main goal we have to get and you know this is it is what it is this year that's just where I'm at now guys like I'm it is what it is this year I'm not I'm not going to go do the back and forth thing anymore with who's rotating in and out Um, even though I think Robbie should be in there taking the snaps full time but I mean that that's got to be the main focus right I mean we have got to have that set quarterback next year.
0: Quarterback and receivers
6: have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, yeah. yes. And
3: I think, I think looking back on the way, and this isn't the only reason Peyton Thorne has struggled. You need your quarterback on the team before spring practice starts. Like I think now more, oh, yeah. like the, the thought Perfect. of adding, the thought of going through spring practice and then adding a starting quarterback to the team, what you have to do to get that guy ready to go. Like the, it it is,
0: I mean, it, and not, not that the, the, and, and you know what? I mean, the only way I could even see that is if the head coach had had that quarterback at his prior school no. and he understood the offense completely because that's I don't right. care, I don't care how similar your offense was terminology and, and learning your, your teammates and everything is just, uh, that's too much to expect over the summer.
6: That's right. And, uh, you know, that's a great point, but I think, you know, the sooner we get the quarterback, you know, I think. That that, that's when we're going to get the better receivers, right? You all agree with
0: that? I mean, I I, I agree. It's going to be tougher to get the great receivers, especially through the transfer portal. uh, If if you don't, if you don't have somebody that they can say, "Oh, I want him throwing the ball to me."
3: Landing landing an in demand receiver in the portal is so hard anyway because everyone wants them, right? Like I mean, you looking? I mean, Georgia had proudly talked about how they don't really go into the portal,
0: and then he went and got two.
3: Yeah, then then two then two (laughs) number one receivers from SEC teams go in the portal and suddenly uh, Kirby Smart uh, th- thinks that you know maybe we should if you need them yeah, then, then you, you need to try to get them but but no I, th- I think you're absolutely right it, it is very difficult to recruit I mean it's, it's chicken or the egg but I would think it's if you don't have an option at quarterback that receivers trust it's really tough to get them out of the portal to come play for you
6: hmm yeah that's right hey I appreciate it guys where you appreciate the here. call
0: Out. Cal. 18 minutes right. after five we'll get to our first break of hour number two again don't forget um Jacob's interview with Eugene Asante. Our Tiger takes coming up at the bottom of the hour, but we're back with more phone calls here on the Wednesday Drive. My mm-hmm. joints aren't what they used to be.
1: Routine exercise. Nine zero 0 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. 22 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday. And let's get back to the drive hotline presented by Skybar and Jerry is next hey jerry
4: hey guys um i was curious uh our new quarterback coming in weckler is that correct
0: walker no it's walker white
4: walker white yeah um will he be coming in early
0: uh i you know i'm not sure i think so i can double check on that I, i i think that that's the plan but i i couldn't I couldn't tell you for a hundred percent sure, but I think that's his plan because well, a lot I'm of people a lot of people as a matter of fact, I was reading somebody's um scouting report on him the other day, and this was somebody who is who has coached a good bit and saying he thinks he has a chance of being the starter. It would be very difficult for a high schooler to come in after spring ball and uh, be the starter in the fall
4: absolutely and uh how much uh more uh years does uh Peyton Thorne have as far as eligibility ne- eligibility?
3: Next year is Peyton Thorne's last year of right. college football eligibility, I, b- I believe is uh Yeah,
0: Peyton has one year of eligibility left, Robbie has two. All right. Thanks. Sure. Holden has three. I don't think. Hank Brown has four. Yeah, and, and I don't think. Walker Wal- White has five. I don't think Walker
3: White is viewed as. I mean, look, if he if he shows up and wins the job, he shows up and wins the job. I would imagine they would love for a bridge year or. A, yeah, I
0: think they would love for there to be a, a veteran that he could sort of learn from. And, you know.
3: Yeah, they'd, they'd like for Walker to be competing to be the starter in 25, right. maybe, but in 24, uh, you don't want to throw a true. I mean, we see true freshmen start for college football teams. We had one at Auburn a couple of years ago, starting mm-hmm. uh, because he was because he was the best option on the roster. But I think that this coaching staff would, you know, ideally they would they would think that m-
0: maybe. And you sp- look back at it, and that's the best quarterback play Auburn's had in the last few years. Yeah, the
3: 2019 yeah uh, season with Bonex, Yeah, you're right. So. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't count Walker out because he's a true freshman uh but I also would think that maybe that's not plan A
0: for the the, st- the starting job next year. But you never know. I mean, no, plan A right.
3: Plan is for the best guy. And if if the best guy happens to be a true freshman, uh, he's, he's still the best guy. It's
0: going to it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, Auburn's approach who is, you know, who's still here uh once the the portal opens, uh who goes into the portal um and and what the what the thought process and plan would be for Auburn next year. 334-321-1390. That is the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar And Slack is up next. Hey, Slack. What's up, Slack?
7: Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing, doing pretty well. Doing all right. Great to hear from you. Uh, you know, we talk about recruiting all the time, and uh, – the biggest knock right now is with Auburn is, first ball with not winning many ball games.
0: Yeah, so. although I I don't think that I don't think a lot of the top high school prospects are holding that against Auburn. If they lose out now, that's a different story, but I don't think they're holding that much against Auburn uh, and they don't usually do that against first-year coaches.
7: Yeah, they don't but they do.
0: Well, they want to see something that excites them. About going there.
7: Right, of course. And, you know, my, one of my points was, you know, other coaches have, have used it against us. You know, why would you go to Auburn? You, you're not going to get drafted when you go to Auburn. I mean, think about it. I mean, and I'm not one of those guys, but when's the last time we had a guy drafted in the first run?
3: At receiver or in general?
7: At player. Oh, uh, Derek Brown,
3: right? Or no, no, maybe it was... Was it Noah? I want to. I want to say may, maybe it was. I think it was Derek Brown. Was Auburn's last first round pick. But I. But it could have been.
7: It could have been Noah Igbenogany. I'm, I'm, but it's been. It's been picky. Oh yeah, you're, oh, absolutely, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. you're oh, absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, uh, even receivers. When you talk about receivers, and, and the kid from Central made a mention of it. He wants to go to tech Van M because they can get the ball to the receivers.
0: Yeah, and that that offense has just been explosive this year. Oh, it's it? right. We, we, were, I mean, we, we were saying <laughs> in the
3: last segment, Slack. I mean, you have you have you want to be able to recruit receivers, but receivers want to go to places that have solid situations at quarterback and track mm-hmm. records of sending receivers to the NFL. And right. it's like and trying to, and that's why Hugh
0: Freeze has talked about the guys he had at Ole Miss.
7: It's, like, <laughs> try, it's right. like trying to reverse.
3: It's like trying to reverse a boulder that's that's rolling downhill. Oh
7: yeah, when's the last time we sent a receiver to the NFL?
3: Ooh, uh, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. Is there who's who's playing? I mean, Seth, Seth, and Schwartz are uh, Slayton plays. Yeah, for, but I mean, for the Giants. Uh, I mean, it's it's been. Uh, I don't know. it It's. I mean, it's been a while since there's been a guy you know playing a lot at, at receiver uh, on an NFL team from Auburn.
7: And out of those three that you name, only one still playing. right?
0: Oh yeah, but again, okay. it's hard. It's hard to hold that against the current staff.
7: But other coaches going to hold it together. <laughs> oh, us? sure,
0: they're going to say the history. But I mean, right. that's, that's, where, that's, where, that's where Hugh is pitching, you know, start history and start things over. So now, I mean, now
3: Slack, he was now Hugh was able, which makes me think that a lot of it is about the recruiter and not, you know, what what's actually happening on the field. Flipping Perry Thompson. Well, no, Hugh, no, the fact that he was able to overcome losses at Ole Miss and build the recru- and build the the recruiting class that he could. I mean, they were getting they were getting beat by good teams pretty soundly in his first year at Ole Miss, and it didn't stop him from being able to uh, to land those players. Not to say it's going to happen at Auburn, but I do right. feel like you know this is one of the reasons Hugh Freeze is, is, is here at Auburn is because people think uh, he's he's familiar with a situation like this and he's made the best of it in the past.
7: Yeah. Yep. And, and I even go back to uh, our, our best, I best – I would think our best receiver in the last 10, 15, 20 years has been – Uh, what was the guy's name that played with Cam? Darvin? Darvin. Darvin had back-to-back 1,000-yard receipts. Yes.
0: Well, he almost had it one year. Yeah, he was was like three yards shy.
7: Yeah. 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 Oh, you're right. I hope we can, uh, you know, it's it's easy to flip a kid, but you got to still hold on to him in February. Oh,
0: that's right. They or, or December. No, they, they got to sign. Most of them sign in December now. So, Bill,
7: Bill, you stop
3: me if you think I'm nuts on this one. I think the best of the guys who played last 15 years or so, I thought the best actual receiver might have been Duke Williams, but but he didn't actually. But he, now he didn't. Just I, yeah.
0: Getting it consistently from him was—it <laughs> might have been was, the, was have been a the best story. one of the
3: whole bunch. Uh, but talent-wise,
7: yeah, he—he—he yeah. he, he had talent. But
0: it's got—it's got to be about more than just talent.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at least when we threw the ball, the guy that I just mentioned—he caught the ball, right, consistently.
3: I mean, we're, we're naming—we're like, naming guys that would—we're naming guys that would be playing all the time if, if Auburn in twenty twenty. Uh, Man, two what Auburn had would get one for, like
0: him for one of those guys, type guys. Oh. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, Slack. Love hearing from Slack. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break when we come back. It's our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsterbrook Law Group. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive.
1: ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday. It's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Earlier today, Jacob Goins on the line, visited with Auburn linebacker
8: Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you here on ESPN 106.7, sitting down with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante for our weekly segment for Tiger Takes here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Eugene, uh, it's always great to talk to you, man. I look forward to this conversation each and every week, and I uh, hope you're doing well. Yes, sir.
9: Doing well
8: on this side. But let's jump into it a little bit because uh, we know that SEC play is uh, in full swing. Uh, We know that you're pretty much right in the middle of SEC play, just a little bit over the halfway point of the 2023 college football season. Uh, But we know that uh, this team and for Auburn – on a little bit of a slide, right? You're kind of still looking for that first SEC win, and still, still fighting, which I think is something that is really, really important, and something that Hugh Freeze has talked about. And so, uh, what, what's it like for for this team who, again, continues to fight? You're in these ball games, but still trying to find that first SEC win.
9: Yeah, I think it just tells us to, you know, remain persistent in everything we do, uh, regardless of. You know, SEC wins or not, we want to go out there and play our best brand of football and uh, execute every Saturday. Uh, so the biggest thing for us is not uh, getting discouraged, remaining intact within the team, keeping our chemistry, and going out there and playing our brand of football and trying to, uh, you know, just just finish out the season the right way.
8: Well, it's been a it's been a tough four game stretch, and we knew it was going to be coming into it with Texas A and M, Georgia, LSU. And Ole Miss and particularly for you and your side of the football on defense you're going up against some of the best offenses not just in the conference Eugene but some of the best offenses in the country I mean how do you how do you get ready for that and then now that you're sort of out of playing those higher level offenses is it any sort of a relief
9: yeah I think it's just it's just a challenge for us you know going against those type of offenses uh, we know we we got our uh we know what we were preparing for. We know what we were going against. You know, we had a a Georgia team that was really good. Uh Brock Brock Bowers is a uh all-American side player. Um Carson Beck does a really good job at quarterback. So we we knew what we were preparing for in that sense. And then, you know, uh teams like LSU with Jaden Daniels who's a dynamic runner and passer. You know, you got to be able to keep him in the pocket at all times and those backs do a really good job over there and then you know uh, following up Ole Miss and all you know the other teams that we have played, it's just you know it's a, it's um, it's, a, it's a challenge that we try to embrace every Saturday. You know, go against these teams, and you come to college. You come to college to play against the best, and we we played against the best. So we have to understand and grow upon our experiences of playing against the best, and then uh, just learning from our mistakes. The biggest thing is uh, not making the same mistake twice.
8: Well, it seems like um, as I mentioned before, this team continues to fight, and they continue to play extremely hard even though uh maybe the results haven't been what you've been looking for in these past couple of weeks what does that say about this team and the guys and maybe the characters on this team uh the fact that you're in all these ball games and you're still continuing to fight and i have a really good feeling eugene you guys are going to get this thing turned around
9: yeah i think the biggest thing is just understanding and playing for one another understanding that, uh, you know, the bro- your brother to your left and your right depends on you, regardless of the situation or the circumstance. Uh, you you know, you're dependent on as a human being within this program. Uh, whatever Whether you're on scout team, whether you're passing waters at practice, everybody has a role and they have to play their role. So they have to understand that and continue to grow upon that and just love one another and play for one another. You know, if you can go go out there and play for the man to the left and right of you um, and have that bond and have, and have that courage and have that – you know, intensity with how you play, you know, you guys can go out there and, and move mountains. So that's the biggest thing we're trying to develop, um, that, that uh, trust in one another, uh, trusting your brother, and trusting um, uh, that the foundation of the system works. So, we, you know, we're going to continue to lean on Coach Freeze and his uh, his leadership, and he's done a great job in terms of inspiring and, and allowing us to be courageous uh, regardless of the circumstance and, the, and still instilling that confidence in us guys we can still do it um we have to continue to you know persevere throughout it all
8: talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante here on ESPN 1067 going into the Auburn Ole Miss game uh, you had a couple of big name guys on the defensive side of the football coming back and Austin Keys. And then with uh, with Keontae Scott, both guys played extremely well, including Keontae, who it's crazy that he's playing football right now with the injury he went through and the rehab he had to do. Uh, he played extremely well. From our vantage point, uh, people watching the game and covering the game, man, those two guys really, really improve this defense and almost take it to the next level when they're out there.
9: Yeah, you know, these guys are guys that, you know, came in and had a good understanding of the system. You know, Keontae is somebody where that you can depend on him in the back end. You know, he's a he's a he's a very versatile DB. Uh, he can play in the inside, he can play on the outside, and you can even put him at safety. So he's he's one of those guys that is very versatile in what he does. And then you have a guy like uh, Austin Keys who comes down and he's a traditional Mike linebacker, uh, very physical uh, in the run game, and you know does a lot of good things well in the passing game. Um, and is you know just an overall physical presence out there. So you know it was great having those guys back you know they do they do a great job for us they set the foundation for us in terms of uh, the team that we want to be and um, just having them back out there is good to see them coming back off injury
8: and with that old miss game and it'll be the case this weekend as well you're playing at home, right? You're playing in Jordan-Hare Stadium. You got to have the full game under the lights last weekend against Ole Miss. The The atmosphere uh, was incredible. Um, I, I've got people telling me that it's the best atmosphere they've seen in the last 10 or 15 years at Auburn. Um, that I know that this team and all the players and everybody feeds off of that atmosphere. The recruits were out there this weekend as well. Um, and then you've got a home game coming up this weekend at Jordan-Hare Stadium against Mississippi State.
9: Yeah, you know that atmosphere is something we continue to talk about, and it continues to be electric. And that's one thing I plead and I ask all the Auburn fans to continue to be faithful and, and continue to, you know, just believe in us, and we'll continue to put our best foot forward. You know that that those those environments, those uh, atmospheres, is what propels our team. You know, you can really feel it. You can feel the ground shake running out that tunnel. Even it's the fourth quarter when the fourth quarter theme theme song goes off. It's it's something that uh, you know you can truly cherish as a player you know, having that type of atmosphere and having your fans bought into it. So we continue to ask the fans to show up and, and show out. And we appreciate all, everyone that showed up and us uh, continues to support us through it all.
8: I'm curious on on what your mindset is and how your body's feeling. Because I mentioned, you know, we're just a little over halfway through uh, the football season, about halfway through SEC play. And we talk every week about just how brutal and gruesome this conference is. It's it's the best conference of college football for a reason. And so where are you at right now, Eugene, and just kind of how you're feeling uh, mentally and physically as you go through this season?
9: You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm grateful, you know, to – to be able to, you know, go out and play the game I loved, uh, you know, that's something I don't take for granted. At this point in the season last year, you know, I wasn't uh, really playing as much, so I was I was on the scout team at this point. So, you know, I'm just grateful, you know, to be able to uh, get the opportunity to play it. I I don't take it for granted at all, and um, I'm really just thankful for the coaches, you know, building that belief in me. And, uh, you know, I want to go out there every uh, every Saturday and, and play my tail off because I know that they believe in me and they they trusted me and you know, in terms of my body and how I'm feeling, uh, I feel good. You know, I, I do a lot of things in terms of recovery and um, make it prehabbing basically uh, just making sure my body is good before um, you know we go into those games and we we get into the gruesome long haul of the season. So I, I'm I'm good. I'm good.
8: Well, that's great to hear, man. I'm glad to hear that. And and as we mentioned. You know, it seems like this defensive side of the football starting to get healthy a little bit. Would like to see some of the offensive guys get healthy as well. And, and something that this team, unfortunately just has kind of dealt with all season long and other teams do as well, of course. But it just seems like Auburn has, has always had one or two big name guys on both sides of the ball that have been out this season and just trying to get everybody back on the field at the same time, I think will be really, really important for this team as you come out of this four-game stretch where, uh, of course, the team uh, was unable to get a win, the schedule does get a little bit easier. And I know you guys don't take a week off and you don't treat anybody differently, but just looking at statistics and looking at rankings and records and things like that, the schedule does get a little bit easier, and that, that has to give you and, and this entire team a little bit of confidence to where you can get this thing turned around and make this a pretty good season.
9: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, like you, like you said, we don't underestimate or uh, doubt any of our opponents. You know, we really think Mississippi State is a really. Ele- they got an electric offense. You know, Coach Leach, um, one of the one of the, uh, um, they set the foundation in terms of the air raid offense. You know, somebody that we you know we understand is our story coach, and uh, did a lot of great things for Mississippi State. So you know that their coach now is uh, following that, and they're continuing to try to be that um, in honor of Coach Leach, who was a great coach. So you know we. We honestly go out there and try to play the game every week the same. Um, Go out there and just, you know, scheme our opponents and understand what we're going to do with a a matchup standpoint. And then from there, you know, just executing the the game plan and playing a physical style of football. So, um, yeah, we're we're excited really to be getting that opportunity to go against Mississippi State. And uh, I'm excited to go against the running back personally and, and, uh, you know, put the the foundation there.
8: Okay. Foundation. Okay. What is it about the running back that you that that's got your eye ready to go and get you set up and fired up?
9: Uh, he's a he's a great runner. I, I mean, number seven. He's a great runner. I think he's a little banged up, but I, I see him on film. I mean, somebody that I feel is electric uh in terms of his cuts, and he's a balanced back. He can he's got the power and speed. Um, you know, so as a linebacker, you always you just um you enjoy going against good players, and you know I'm excited going against the good players. Uh, you know there's a there's a bunch of players throughout this league that are like that so um you know it's just a good matchup for me good challenge for me to you know see where i'm at and continue to grow up on who i think i am
8: and we know will rogers is is when he's at his best Eugene you know this he's one of the best quarterbacks in this entire conference
9: yes sir yes sir yeah he yeah, he's, will, he's really good will, will, will somebody will is definitely somebody that we uh we got our eyes on in terms of scouting report um we know he was a little banged up in terms i believe of a shoulder um you know so we're you know we're just game playing for him we're game planning for uh, the backup but we're just trying to you know stay prepared you know regardless of who goes out there at Q.
8: well looking to this mississippi state game this weekend eugene what would it mean for for you and this defense and this entire auburn football team for really just the mentality and the optimism side of things, what would it mean to get a win this weekend—the first one in conference play—really kick off the back end of this schedule and uh, uh, give yourself a chance to to string some wins together before you get to the Iron Bowl weeks and weeks away?
9: Um, it'll be a great thing, you know, just a confidence booster to us, allow us to know that, you know, uh, if we play the right style of football, we can win every week in this conference. So we're just trying to develop upon that and. You know, go out there and get a victory. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, I always text the group chat before the game. and um, The priority is to win. So, I just text win uh, every single time we go out there on Saturday. And, you know, the guys like the message. And they go out there and, you know, try to play the way the, to the best of their ability. So, I think the biggest thing is just going out there and executing and getting a victory. You know, um, we want to do that. Uh, we want to get back in the win column. So, it will be, be a confidence booster to us and just allow us to understand that we can win in this league and, and uh, develop on that every Saturday.
8: Well it sounds like you guys have a great relationship on and off the field on the defensive side of the football. You're playing uh, extremely well and, and you know there's some people that are looking at, you know, Albert's defensive stats and saying it's middle of the ground, but man, you guys are playing lights out and I talk about this every single day on my show. You guys are playing and doing your job each and every week. You're you're limiting some of the best offenses in the entire country. And doing your job and doing it extremely well and giving this team chances to win and man, that's all you can ask for from the defense, right?
9: Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's certainly something we don't take for granted. It's just we want to continue to grow upon it. We know we have things to work on. Um, we want we want to continue to put our best foot forward. You know, regardless of um, what may transpire in the game, we we want to put our best foot forward. So we I, we have yet to play a, a complete game, in my opinion. We still have things we want to improve, but. There's, you know, there's definitely bright moments in, within games that we have shown that, you know, what we're capable of and the standard that we can play to. So just developing upon that standard and um, laying a new, laying a new foundation every single week. So this is a new week, a new challenge, and uh, we're excited for it.
8: Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, who joins us every week here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes, coming out of the Ole Miss game. Auburn preparing for Mississippi State this Saturday injured in hair mid-afternoon kickoff should be a great day should be great weather Uh, it should be another fantastic atmosphere and another great game in the sec eugene
9: yes sir it's going to be electric and we ask all the fans to show up and show out and we're going to we're going to continue to do our thing and and show out for you guys
8: that is auburn linebacker eugene asante who joins me jacob goins each and every week here on espn 106.7 for tiger takes
0: Tiger Takes proudly presented each Wednesday at 530 by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break here of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down on the Wednesday Drive.
6: Most
4: of us don't expect.